Third John, the principal verse of Third John is, I believe, verse 11. It says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. I ask you at the outset of this book, as well as in Second John, to read um, the letter week by week. It just takes a few minutes. If you read it week by week and, and really look into the passage that is coming up for us, then it just bounces off the page. It's truly wonderful. This, this evening we'll be looking at verse 2. Speaking to Gaius, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. We're looking at the subject this evening of mind, body, and soul. Mind, body, and soul. I believe John really loved Gaius. And the more that we consider his love toward Gaius, that we, we can see a pattern of how mere mortals can love one another according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The, the word prosper comes up a couple times in this verse. And the word prosper simply means to help or to be of success, right? Hey, did your garden prosper this year? No, it did not. There was no success there whatsoever. It was so terrible, the grass barely grew. It didn't prosper. So to see how well that he is engaged or see how well that he wishes or prays, that word wish means pray. He's not you know, wishing on lucky charms, but he prays for the prosperity and for the health of, health of Gaius. We have to understand what he means as even as thy soul prospereth. Kind of work the equation backwards. Okay? Even as thy soul prospereth. So how did John know that the soul of Gaius was prospering? How did he know that? How can you know if my soul is prospering? How can I know if your soul is prospering? If, if there is indeed success there? Is there some kind of meter or instrument? Is there something like a thermometer that I can just put on your forehead and say, yep, his soul prospers? Or is, it, is there another way to, to deduce that? Well, the few things that we can know about Gaius from the early part of this letter that John knew Gaius, that his soul prospered, I believe we can see in the first six verses of this letter. I do want to point out that no one's soul can prosper or have success outside of the finished work of Jesus Christ. This wasn't a prosperity of soul that Gaius had attained unto himself. It wasn't something that he learned out of a book. It wasn't something that he set under tutelage. He didn't sit under John's ministry long enough that he finally got it or came around. This is his soul prospered because the Lord Jesus Christ, who was dead and now lives, had died for him, that the Spirit of God drew Gaius to Jesus Christ in saving faith uh, and drew him in repentance, and that all because of the predeterminate and foreknowledge counsel of God Almighty, Gaius was saved, elect unto salvation. But how did John know it? He said, I pray 
above, or I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Pretty easy formula we're going to see. Why did John know that Gaius, that his soul prospered? Verse 1, the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Gaius had an authentic, a genuine or sincere love of the truth. There are people that say they love the truth, but what do they mean by that? Well, do they mean that the preaching of God's word, line by line, verse by verse, that they, they're just thrilled about it? No. Many times the people that say they love truth are antagonized by the truth, and they, they find fault in the truth, or they, fault, they find fault in the speaker. But Gaius had a genuine love of the truth. What the word of God says, that's what it says, and I love that. That was Gaius. John knew that Gaius loved the truth. John had walked, remember, for three and a half years or so with the Lord Jesus Christ, who was the way, the truth, and the life. So John, as far as men go, I believe had a pretty good understanding of people that love to be around truth. John, being around the truth, had a good understanding of people who loved to be around the truth. That is to say, Gaius mentally, emotionally, and spiritually loved the truth of the Word of God. He loved it. He loved it. And John loved Gaius in the truth because John loved truth and Gaius loved truth. They loved one another in the truth. John specifically says that mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I love you in the truth. Gaius all displayed a love for the truth. He craved after it, one might say. He craved after it. Anybody ever woke up hungry? Anybody ever ever been thirsty? Woke up thirsty in the middle of the night? I keep a, a glass of water next to my nightstand because I just wake up thirsty sometimes and the cup is 64 ounces and I'll just take it down. I wake up thirsty. I believe Gaius had a true, genuine thirst for the truth of God's word, even for God himself who is true. That was an evidence that, that Gaius, his soul prospered. But as I said at the, uh, just a moment ago, many people stopped there with their, their statement, I love truth, I love truth. What verified that Gaius had a love for the truth? How about Gaius' love to walk in the truth? Gaius, he had a love for walking in the truth. Look at verses 3 and 4. John, writing to Gaius, for I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. John didn't have spies on Gaius, but these people who had interacted with Gaius had evident proof in his life, in his living, in his behavior, that the truth came out. The truth was evidenced in his pattern of living. That's a that's prosperity indeed of the soul. That is prosperity. Someone says that the Lord has saved them. Well, if their soul truly prospers, they will love truth and they will walk in it. We read that in 2 John, verses 5 and 6. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. 
And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. We also read it in 1 John chapter 2, verse 4. Excuse me, verse 3. And hereby we know, hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Gaius, his soul prospered. Now, did the works of Gaius save him? No, but the work of God in Gaius produced works that were evident of salvation. In Ephesians, in chapter 2, verse 10, if we are his workmanship, for his worked out vessel, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. A genuine love of the truth will have a genuine, sincere, authentic love of walking in the truth. As we were studying in the men's study, we've been looking in the book of Proverbs, and we're not going to get into everything we did in that study, but look in Proverbs chapter 2, if you would please, just for a moment. And verses 10 and 11, this very idea Solomon brings out. And Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 10, When wisdom entereth into thine heart, a heart issue, the, the, the application of godly knowledge into the affairs of life, but the new birth, when win, in, wisdom enters into the heart, and knowledge is pleasant or lovely unto thy soul, discretion or purpose or intent or how you live shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. What's all that saying? The work of God in a believer, according to the new birth, will direct the paths of the believer. And the believer, loving truth, loving the truth of God's word, loving Jesus Christ, their Savior, will also love walking in it. That is a sign of the prosperity of the heart of the believer, or the soul of the believer. He says, even as thy soul prosper. So Gaius loved the truth. Gaius loved walking in the truth. But again, people can say what they want. What's the third aspect of this? Gaius had a lovely testimony among the people of God, a lovely testimony. Jew and Gentile alike, he had a lovely testimony. Keep on in verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to the strangers. You, you don't just love it. You don't just live it. But you continue in it. This is who you are. You, you're not a guy who, who turns it on and turns it off. This is how you live, Gaius, and I know that. Well, these people, this brethren and the strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity or love before the church, whom if they bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. He had a lovely testimony among the people of God. Now, there are people that say they love truth, and, and they say they walk in truth, and whether they do or not, you know, that's, that's debatable. But they got a rotten testimony among the people of God. I've known people, and I've known people like this for many years. No, prosper, true prosperity. The prosperity that John was writing to Gaius about, 
was Gaius prospered in soul because of the work of God, the, the gospel, because of salvation that God Almighty wrought in the heart of Gaius. Gaius had a genuine love of the truth. Gaius had a genuine desire to walk in love and in the truth. And Gaius had a testimony among the people of God that said, you know what? That guy does love truth, and he does walk in it. And it's lovely. His charity, his love is evident. Okay? So questions we have to ask ourselves before we get to the, the back end of this message is, does my soul prosper? Does your soul prosper? Many people affirm that they love the truth, but that's where it ends. Does loving the truth, does it shape how you live? Or do you try to find, do we try to find, do I try to find parts of halves of verses out of context so I can justify my sinful behavior? A true and authentic love of the truth and prosperity of the soul will cause the child of God to love the truth, to lean into the truth, to walk in the truth, and will have a wonderful testimony among the people of God in doing so. The people of God. Does your soul prosper? I pray that it does. This is a separate question from asking, are you saved? That's a separate question altogether. The people, the saved people should have a soul that does prosper. Okay? You ask somebody they're saved, and oh yeah, everybody, everybody's saved. Just ask them, right? Well, do they love the truth? Do they love the truth, and do they walk in? And what is their testimony? What is their living testimony? There are good and decent people out there that are on the wide gate to the judgment of God. Just because somebody hands out bottles of water and their little miss nicey pants, that doesn't mean that they, their soul prospers. No. Related to the word of God, does their soul prosper? He says, I wish above all, thing, above all things, or I pray that in all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Okay? So, to prosper in life... The, the prosperity, he says prosper and be prosper and be in health, those are two different things. So we can't combine those things. Those are two different things, although they are related. So to prosper in life, and that's all aspects of life and in the life we live, okay? The, as we live in this life. Okay? So he's talking about whatever business Gaius was in, I I, I pray above all, all things that thou prosper in your business, whatever that is. So we can deduce some things. We can deduce, as John is saying, I pray that you prosper. And if he's talking about business, that his business dealings were consistent with a love of the truth, were consistent with walking in the truth, and would not detract or take away from his testimony among the people of God. He wasn't running drugs and guns. Okay? He wasn't, he wasn't doing nefarious things or behind-the-scenes things in his business. If he was a, a camel dealer, he dealt uprightly. You see, whatever his business was, it would prosper in like manner as his soul did. 
okay, in a love of the truth, in a walk in the truth, and ha- and it would actually build the testimony among the people of God. Oh, wow, I got to hang out with Gaius, and he installed swimming pools or whatever, and and he, he, he did so loving the truth and obeying the word of God and walking after it, and he just, what a wonderful testimony of a pool installer he was, or, or cam, a camel shoer or whatever, in all aspects of his life. That he would prosper in his family. Okay? So people say they love the truth, but their home life's a wreck. Well, that's not walking in the truth, is it? That's not walking in the truth. Oh, I love the truth, but home life's a wreck? That's not walking in it. You can stop right there. You can put all the Bible verses next to the door you want. If your home life's a wreck, then, then you're not walking in the truth. The first command that God gave anybody was to love your, love God and love your neighbor. Here's this woman. Take care of her, right? Don't eat that. Take care of this woman. Someone's not following the Lord, loving the truth of God, and taking care of their family. They're not walking in truth. And certainly they wouldn't have a testimony if their family's a wreck. How about in other relationships? Parent, child, brother, sister, mom and dad. Can't say that. I mean, we've been studying through the law. Can, can those people honestly say that they love the truth of the word of God and then let their ox go out free so they can hurt their neighbor's you know, servants and all that kind of stuff? Well, no, they're not walking in truth. That's a terrible testimony. And Brother Gary mentioned it as we were finishing. Turn over there to Exodus chapter 21. Exodus chapter 21. And in verse 33, if a man shall open a pit or if a man shall dig a pit and not cover it and an ox or an ass fall therein, just stop right there. We'll get to the main idea. Well, a person might say that they love God. Oh, yeah, I was at Sinai when he spoke. It thundered. It was amazing. I love the law. But I'm going to dig his pit and walk away. Well, that's not walking in truth. What a horrible testimony. He just left it out there for anybody at all to get hurt. That might sound like such a small aspect of the law, but that's that's not prosperity of soul. No, he's saying, look, in all your relationships, in all your dealings, in all your business, may your may your soul prosper as your life prospers and your health. But what does that necessitate? Think about this. I understand that the entirety of Gaius that his soul prospering was based on on the work of God in him and salvation. We also have to understand the responsibility that we each have. You see, I wasn't sitting over there on the couch and the Holy Spirit picked me up by the jaws and dressed me and bring me over here. Nor does the Holy Spirit grab me early in the morning and shake me out of bed and say, it's time to get up and study. Does he? No. Child of God, as the as God Almighty has delivered us out of sin, it should be the desire. You know, we, we read that in Proverbs that the that that the word of God is knowledge of God is pleasant unto the soul. It ought to be the intention of the child of God to prosper in our souls. That loving the truth of the word of God, we have to desire and apply ourselves in walking in the truth and desire and apply ourselves by the graces of God. I understand that all by the grace of God, we still, I still have a responsibility. 
I should desire for the, for the glory of God to have a lovely testimony. So, as by, by the graces of God, whatever business Gaius was in, whatever intellect or aptitude God gave him, I believe that, that, that John was praying that Gaius would prosper in those things. In his family, in his relationship, in his finances. You know, I, we don't just sit at our houses and say, Lord willing, and he drop a, ba- a, a bucket of gold coins on our front porch. Yeah. So when John is saying, I pray that you prosper, and in life, that the love of the truth, that the walking in the truth, and the testimony that God has saved him and he moves in this life would be applied in all areas of his life. Again, how would it be if you all thought I was a fairly decent pastor, but you know, as a as a employee and as a husband and as a dad, I was a real dirt, uh, jerk and a dirtbag. How would that be? Would that, would that be my life prospering? No, it wouldn't be. If I was up to my armpits in debt and reaching out for further credit cards and see how far of a deep of a hole I could become financially, is that me prospering? Is that me evidencing the grace of God in me when the Bible clearly says, be debtor to no man? No. Now these things, yes, he is he, he is relying on the grace of God and in all truth, but he's, he's commending Gaius in these things in that the grace of God is applied in Gaius's life. And I believe he's encouraging him in these things as well. You can see that in his health as well. He says, even as thy soul prospereth, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper in your life, in your business, in, in your dealings, and be in health. Again, applying himself by the grace of God. I don't believe Gaius was morbidly obese. I don't believe Gaius had out-of-control diabetes or, or you know, just neglected himself physically. I believe that that walking in the love of the truth and also having a, a love for walking in the truth and also having a lovely testimony among the people of God that Gaius continued to apply himself in his health. What you know, was he 110 years old? Was he a teenager? I have no idea. But I believe that John is encouraging Gaius in that same love of truth in that same walk of truth, in that same testimony of the love of God, that he would be in health. Prospering in health, well, what does that mean? It's it's literal. Take it literally. Bodily, which encompasses much. You know, that that he took care of himself physically. That he, he ate the right stuff and didn't eat the wrong stuff. He wasn't out there drinking and smoking and midnight rolling and all that kind of stuff. But no, he took care of his body. And John is praying that his body would hold up and that he would prosper or have success in the body as much as he had in the soul. Again, how did Gaius prosper in the soul? By the power of God. He had a love of the truth, that he walked in the truth by the graces of God and had a lovely testimony. Well, that he prayed that his body would be such. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. I'm not drawing the parallel John did. Even as thy soul prospereth. Children of God, we should desire. I should desire that your health prosper as your soul does. 
Now, for some people, that you might be thinking to yourself, oh, man, I hope, I hope it's better than that. I don't know. I don't know. These are things that we have that are between you and the Lord, me and the Lord. We should encourage one another. But body, we should care for one another, right? We should care for one another. You see me limping. What's that limp about? You know, can I help? What's going on? Sometimes we reduce health to just what's going on in the body, but you have to think about what's going on mentally with Gaius as well. Gaius was a person of responsibility. That's why John was writing to him. He was a person of responsibility. And guess what, men? If you're people of responsibility, your mind is racing. Brother Gary, you get responsibility this Sunday. How much is your mind racing this week? Busy. People of responsibility, and women, I'm not saying women don't have responsibility. Women have great responsibilities. One of the greatest charges in the entire uh, creation is for a woman in her place in the home. Wonderful. People with responsibility are minds race. Okay? That's, that we're designed that way. Always thinking, always working, always planning. While Gaius walked in the truth, he was... He was well aware of things that, that, that others weren't aware of. It seems like John knew that Gaius was in, quote, the know. Okay? He was well, of other th- well aware of things that maybe others weren't well aware of. In giving the love offering in verses 5 and 6, he was placed with the responsibility of mind that others didn't rightly prepare for their journey. And maybe he was worrying about them all the way. So when he received this letter from John, he's like, oh, good, they made it. Good, the provisions had what it took to last. Y'all ever give somebody a $5 bill and then wonder for days whatever happened to them? Was this Gaius? I don't know. I'm, I, I might be speculating here. I might be out of bounds. But it seems like the type of person that he was, that his mind, he cared for other people. And if somebody has a love of the truth and they're walking in the truth, then they have a genuine care for other people and your mind will race. What about emotionally? I pray, he says. I wish above all things. I pray. In all things, that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. How about emotionally? There's separate faculties from the mind. You know, you can have something settle in your mind and still get anxious or depressed about it. Again, I'm using Brother Gary as an example. You probably got your text, probably had your text settled for weeks now. But that mind racing and also, what if this, what if this, what if I don't say everything, what if I say something this, you know. Mind races. There's 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 a degree of anxiety about it. If you read this letter in its entirety, there was trouble in that local church. There really was. The you got the Diotrephes issue. Here's a man who wanted to have the preeminence. He wanted to run the show. He was preventing other people from coming in. He wanted to teach his thing, and he wanted to be the church boss. John didn't. John wrote this to Gaius. You see. So emotionally, how do you think Gaius was dealing with diatrophies? Do you think he was in constant, fervent prayer over this matter? Do you, do you think that, that every time this group got together, that, that Gaius was just burning and aching over the whole scenario? 
Could be. Apparently, Gaius had trust issues because John confirms the concern in verse 11. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil is, hath not seen God. He confirms Gaius, what Gaius had been troubled by. You know it's right, Gaius. You know, don't deceive yourself, Gaius. Diotrephes, he thinks he says one thing, but he's doing another. Just in its simplicity, Gaius, be at ease with it. He's not of God. And he also introduces Demetrius as a trustworthy man or a man of good report. Look in verse 12. Demetrius hath good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and you know that our record is true. He, you, you can see that he's underlining and bolding and putting big red stars next to it. Demetrius is okay, Gaius. You don't have to be, you don't have to be concerned about Demetrius. I have verified him. He, he, he has, he has been, uh, uh, he, he, he's been scrutinized. Don't be upset about him, Gaius. He, he's, he's okay. As, as giving as Gaius was, he was also guarded, which can wear a person out. It really can. Who's this person? What are they about? Who's this person? What are they about? You know, here's a person, they got a need. What are they going to do with it? What's going on? You can see how all these things might have been upsetting to the health of Gaius. I used to sell life insurance, and there was a point where I would, I mean, I never was any good at it, but there was a point where I developed gastric ulcers just thinking about how awful my life as a life insurance salesman really was. Emotionally, mentally, it started wearing on the body. You look at these presidents that have been in office for just a few years, and they look like two different people. The way they age, bodily, mentally, emotionally, it'll wear you out. John's praying for him in these things. In all these things, John knew the toll that it must have taken on Gaius. Look at what he did. Look at what John does as a friend. Look at what he, in his prayer for Gaius, in his health, that his health would prosper. Look at, and we're going to read this later, but look at what he does. And verse 1, he acknowledged him in the truth and his walk in the truth. The elder, unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. He encouraged him. Yeah, you love the truth. I love you. We love the truth. He's settling his mind here, isn't he? He prayed for him in the truth and in his walk. Isn't it encouraging sometimes just to hear people are praying for you? Hey, I've been praying for you, brother. Beloved, I wish above all things, I, I pray above all things, that in all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Oh, what good, what, what wonderful words to hear from a friend. He encouraged him in truth and in his walk. Keep going, Gaius. I've heard what you're doing. The people are testifying. The work of God is evident. Gaius, you're doing it. Gaius, for the, for the testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you bring glory and honor to him. I thank God for you, Gaius. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. boy. Yes. Yes, Gaius. Beloved, do thou, uh, do, do, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to the strangers. You, you got it right, Gaius. 
which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Because that for his name's sake, for the name of Christ, they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellowshippers to the truth. Hey, I'm hoping to, John's saying, I'm hoping to have just some of the blessing and some of the testimony that you've laid out here, Gaius, by the graces of God and in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, that could be a real good encouragement, wouldn't it? Sometimes when we get these little letters and you know cards, people that we've we've sent acknowledgments to, it's so wonderful. Oh man, who who would ever thought that a little three by five piece of cardboard with somebody's little scribble on it could mean so much? I encourage you to go back there and look at that board and read it one day. Spend time there. How people have have sent encouragement back to us and we've encouraged others. It's good for the heart. It's good for the mind. It's good for the body. He guided and instructed him in truth and in walk. Verse 9, I wrote unto the church, But Diotrephes, who love to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds. He's, again, he's writing to Gaius, this leader here. The deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. He encouraged him in the truth and walking in it, in, in his discretions. He guided him. He instructed him. He comforted him to walk in the truth. Verses 13 and 14. I had many things to write. Excuse me, verse 12, he also said, hey, look, here's one just like you. Here's Demetrius. You'll love him. You've never met him, but you'll love him. Y'all are an awful lot alike. Demetrius hath good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. I have many things to write here, encouragement. I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you. Have comfort. I have many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee. But I trust I shall shortly see thee and shall speak face to face and we shall speak face to face peace be with thee our friends salute thee greet the friends by name you see in all these things john knew that all this situation was taking a toll on gaius and this entire letter was an acknowledgement a prayer and encouragement some instruction and some comfort to this this man gaius who bodily, mentally, and emotionally was taking a beating standing there in the fire. His soul prospered. He continued in his love of the truth. So some days it might have been tough. He continued in his love of walking in the truth, though many days he might have been walking alone. He alone received this letter. He continued in having a lovely testimony among the people of God, but sometimes the Lord Jesus Christ said, A prophet is not without an honor except in his own country. It could have been that Gaius was not well received at all among many of the people there in the assembly. So this letter would have surely come as an encouragement to Gaius. It is right, and I want you all to hear this, it is right and good to desire that your brothers and sisters in this congregation prosper, and they prosper in their health, and they prosper in their souls in the Lord. Now, I say in the Lord... Your soul cannot prosper outside of the Lord. There is no love of the truth, not authentically, 
There is no love of walking in the truth. It's as though someone is making you do it. And there is no lovely testimony of the people of God. See, the early church there, they were deceived. But if you read back through the book of John, John calls Judas a thief. He was a thief from the beginning. In hindsight, he saw him for what he was. And I, I believe he was grieved over that. I really do. But we ought to desire. I ought to desire, and I do, that above all things, that thou, in all things, that you prosper in your business, in your life, in your relationships, in your families, in your finances, in everything, so long as it incorporates a love of the truth, a walk in the truth, and a testimony that is of a godly sort. Likewise, your health and an application of all things, that you apply yourself by the grace of God to good health, and that your health would prosper, but that your soul would indeed prosper. How would it be? How would it be if I prayed and and and, and you know what I'm saying? I'm asking this question because this group, as I said last time, well beloved. You know, well beloved. I ask this question to 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 further us in the love of the truth and a walk in the truth in our testimony. I believe that if I ask the Lord to prosper each of you as your soul prospers, I believe you would have success. I believe that that would be a a it wouldn't be asking something that would harm you. I believe each one of you, children of God, that you desire to trust the Lord and do what he says. How would it be? Just ask the question. How would it be if, if I stood before you, though, and prayed, Lord, prosper these, these your children, prosper them in their life, in their business, and in their health as their soul prospers. As they love truth, as they desire to walk in truth and have a testimony in Jesus Christ, prosper them in their lives. In all honesty, if someone would have prayed that many times in my life, I might be a little bit nervous, like, oh no, I've got some repenting to do. And that could be the case for any of us. May we desire that in our lives that we truly have a love for truth and to walk in and for the glory of God bear testimony. Would your health be in a state of success or prosperity if I asked such a prayer? Or if you prayed such a prayer for me, would my health be in a state of prosperity? But may, many people say they love the truth, but do they love walking in it? If I say I love banana pudding, but you hand me a bowl of it and I spit it out, what do you think? Well, that's a crude example. How many people, how many people have to choke down the truth of the Word of God. How many, you know, for the people of God, I, what would I have to do to keep you away? Right? People say they love the truth, but they can't, they can't stomach it. It doesn't make any sense. Many people say they love the truth, but their testimony is just, we'll say, terrible. No, what if, what if the prosperity of someone who claims to be the child of God, what if it translated in their business and translated in their health? Their health? I say, what if? Guess what it does. How a person does anything is how they do everything. It really is. There are some that put on a mask and they'll, they'll be some kind of church member over here and then they'll do business. I've heard of one man that he had a, a, a business and 
and uh, and and it it was told to a person that I know personally that they were a pastor of a church, and they say so and so he's not a, he's not a pastor of a church. He does this 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 and this. This is his manner. This is his behavior. This is his walk. This is what this is the kind of person he is. Sometimes people wear masks They're this way and this way and this way, whatever. What is the testimony? What testimony do you have in school? What testimony do we have? We should pray for one another and pray that our souls prosper. Yes, ultimately, my soul shall eternally prosper in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Does your soul prosper today? He says, Beloved, I wish above all things that in all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. That's a continual verb. Not will prosper, prospereth. What has the grace of God, how does it translate in your life right now? 1 John chapter 5. Verse 2, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. You walk in it. Please don't skim over that. This is the love of God. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our souls. That's chapter 4 and verse 10. This is the love of God, chapter 5, verse 3. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments. The work of God changes people. Keeping his commandments. The knowledge of God is lovely. Oh, it's beautiful. It's pleasant. To follow after him. To follow after the Lord. Salvation brought by God Almighty through the work of Jesus Christ as the Spirit has made one alive. Prospering of the soul shows how that salvation translates into our lives. Okay? Is there an authentic love of the truth of God and to be refined by it? Just because somebody reads the Bible does not mean they love truth or they're looking for answers. Many people search this book trying to justify themselves. See Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Just because somebody carries a Bible around does not mean they're looking for truth or for answers. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Oh, they were religious. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to the knowledge. You don't know what we're talking about. They got, oh, they got their Torah. Oh, they got their stuff memorized. They got their phylacteries and their garments, and they got all this stuff, their jots and their tittles. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. There is no love of truth. There is no bearing of repentance. There is no walk according to it. You snakes bring forth works meet for repentance. That's what John the Baptist said. To who? Those Jews. 
being ignorant of, the, of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness. Not submitting or repenting unto themselves, repenting themselves unto the righteousness of God. Is there an authentic love of the truth and a desire to be refined by it? Not justified by it, refined by it. Okay? If I'm being conformed to the image of the Son of God, Romans chapter 8, that does not mean I take the Word of God and justify the sin in my life. That means the Word of God conforms me by the Spirit of God to be more like Jesus Christ who was sinless. Amen. Cleansing. Authentic love of this truth brings cleansing. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John chapter 1. Is there an authentic love, joy, and desire to walk in the truth of God? Not be nice and not hurt people's feelings. To walk in the truth of God. I believe Gaius displayed that. I believe Gaius didn't caught up in the diatrophies, politics, and warfare of, of, of the church there. There was an authentic love, and that authentic love was displayed in his testimony. An authentic testimony of the love of Christ with those he interacted with. Again, if someone says they love the truth, but their home life is a disaster area then they don't love to walk in the truth and they don't love to have a lovely testimony of the work of God in them. Likewise in business. If I say I love the truth, but I'm shrewd in business and try to undercut everybody and, and to get that, that little bit of a squeeze of a penny left so that I can have more, if there's no, if there's, if, if in family and relationships and in finances and in every part of my life, Let me get a little bit personal maybe sometimes. The If I say that I love the truth, but I'm a glutton, and I just store away, and I try to preserve this old flesh and, and every excess, and there's a testimony rather than putting a knife to my neck, as the proverb says, than showing myself to be uncouth in a, in a public setting, Sometimes having a lovely testimony is having the ability to just be quiet. No, how, how does salvation translate into our lives? Gaius had, Gaius had a soul that prospered. But also we've got to think about this too. We should be okay with our bodies being afflicted that our souls prosper. Paul had a thorn in the flesh in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I should be okay if my... Now, when John, he was right to pray that, the, that, that Gaius prosper and he have health, and as his soul prospered, that's the best of all things. That's wonderful. But I should be okay if my health or my flesh is slighted that my soul prosper. I should not be okay in walking away from truth walking away from walking in the truth or walking away from a testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ among the people of God, that my health or my life prosper. That's very dangerous. Oh, I'm going to let this truth slide so I can be happy. 
I'm going to let this truth slide so that, you know, that I can feel good about myself. I'm going to let this truth slide because ultimately, you know what? I don't have to go three times a week. I've got to take time for me. I can just go Sunday mornings only. I need me time. Well, I would rather be spent physically and in the house of the Lord than to have a little bit of reserve of energy and to any way, any way belittle the sufferings of my Lord to Jesus Christ and his gospel. Not many people think of skipping out on services for me time like that. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I mentioned that. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And verses 7 through 9. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. You know, so that I didn't have pride sink in, I, w- I, was, I was handed something that is difficult. People have disagreements what it are. Honestly, he doesn't say, so let's leave it alone. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times, and that it might depart from me. And he, the Lord, said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So while it is right for me to pray for you that you prosper in your life, loving truth, walking, loving walking in the truth, and loving having a testimony unto godliness. It should be each of our own personal desires, like, hey, Brother Joe, I don't, I don't want anything wrong to happen to you, but if you got to limp the rest of your life so that we can have, you know, we, that, the Lord, that the Word of God would abound and your studies would be clear, well, don't pray, for, don't pray that I get injured, but thank God what He's given for us and again I would much rather I would much rather prosper in soul than to prosper in flesh or business and my soul not be prospering that the truth slide or the walking in truth slide or the testimony slide bodily what is the greatest of all what what is it but the greatest of all possessions okay in your body, you got time. I mean, you. Can, we went to a car show over the weekend. There, there must have been 200 classic cars. If I had 200 classic cars, but I had six months to live because of cancer, what do those cars mean to me? In the flesh, what do you have? But this possession of a body, right? That's what you got. It's health. So yes, I do pray <coughs> that you have health. Job, his health slided for a little while. Thank God he restored it. There was a great many lessons learned in, in the health difficulties of Job. Do pray for one another that you prosper. As your soul prospers. Child of God, I see Gaius by the grace of God as a stout child of God. Stout. What do I mean by stout? Strong. You know? Go try to tackle a tree. That thing's stout. Strong. He was stout in the love of the truth. He was stout in the walk of the truth. 
He was stout or strong in the testimony of the love and the truth. His testimony. He was stout as a church member. He wasn't out there doing his own thing. He wasn't a freelancer. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to run the show. John had confidence in Gaius as a church member that he could write to him. He had room to grow. I don't know if you saw that or not when we wrote, read through it. Apparently, he did not confront diatrophies. And that's, you know what? God gives us all certain abilities. There was a whole bunch of people, in fact, millions of people in the camp of Israel. There was one man named Phineas that had a spear. God grants certain graces to certain people. He had room to grow. Gaius did. But God used him, I believe, in the place that he was in. And he gave him the graces that he needed. And he was fully prepared by the grace of God and by the writings of John here that when John came, that, that whatever, however this was handled, and this is all we know about Gaius, however this was handled, I believe God prepared him for that. So yes, I, Gaius, his soul was prospering. He says, I... He says, I pray that, you're, that you prosper and your soul prospers, or your, your health prospers even as your soul. I pray that the, your souls prosper and continue to prosper. Lex, Jill, Adam, Debbie, Gary, and Nelda, I pray that you continue and increasingly love the truth. I pray that you continue and increasingly love the truth and love walking in it. I pray that you continually and increasingly love displaying a testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ among the people of God and all that know you, both to the brethren and the strangers. That's what he says. You see that in verse 5? To the brethren and to the strangers, those inside and out. I pray that you prosper in business, whatever you're doing. Your retirement, your school, your finances, your family, your work, your dealings, your relationships. In, in all things, I pray that you would prosper and that you walk in the truth, that you love the truth and have a wonderful testimony, the gospel of Jesus Christ in all things. I pray that your health prospers. As much as the grace of God in you applies yourself to loving the truth, love walking in the truth, and loving having a testimony of the gospel, I pray that bodily, mentally, and emotionally, that in your health, that you would prosper. And I ask that you pray for me in these things. Again, our minds race, don't they? And every one of us is an emotional creature, and we're all walking around in a body. Pray for me as I pray for you that my health would prosper as my soul prospers. I pray these things in, in you, my well-beloved, my the esteemed and dearly beloved, those showing evidence of, of life and the ability of God in Jesus Christ and His merit. I pray for you in these things that, beloved, I wish above all things that in all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosper. What a prayer. There's great responsibility in that prayer. If someone were to pray for me in that, then I should responsibly have a desire to love the truth, to walk in it, and have 
a testimony that bears that out. Sinner, I pray that you are most miserable and without prosperity or success. I'm going to pray the exact same thing against you. There is no success outside of Jesus Christ. May you be miserable and unsuccessful in everything you do. Well, that sounds hateful. That woman that had the issue of blood, how many physicians did she go see? What did she spend? She spent it all. She saw everybody. There was no help. I pray that everything you do and your, all your business, that, that, it, that, it, that it, if the Lord were to use that to prosper your soul unto salvation, that everything else fail. That everything would come undone. That your business of life and living would just come undone completely. But whatever it takes, the Lord has all things at His power. That you would see your need for Christ, and without Him you would flee, that you would flee to Him without reservation. Would it be a bad thing if you went broke? But the Lord used that to turn you to the Lord. Would it be a bad thing for your business to fall apart? And the Lord used that in His merciful kindness to draw you unto the Lord Jesus Christ? Would it be a terrible thing for you, for you just to, to get laid off at work or, or for you to have an experience where or now you can't get hired anymore and you're blackballed or whatever if that meant that the Lord in His grace has brought you the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Would it be a bad thing if you failed in school and kept failing and kept failing and kept failing and roadblock and roadblock and roadblock and you were so uh, just distressed and the Lord used that circumstance to bring you into salvation? What if every single relationship you have in this life was brought to controversy and separation? And yet the Lord granted salvation. Which of these is greater of a greater importance than your soul? Would you, would you give money for your soul or a business or work, or school, relationships? I pray that your health fails. That sounds awful, doesn't it? That bodily, you approach that wage of sin, that death becomes all real to you in the body. And with all relative and awakening speed, you would turn to the Lord Jesus Christ in haste that you would see eternity. Jonathan Edwards described in his message of sinners in the hands of an angry God as a sinner, as a spider dangling over the pits of hell and all they have is that fine twinkling web that mentally you find no peace of mind. None. Until in desperation by the power of God you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. That emotionally you're a wreck. Again, which of these things is great, of greater importance? Is it better? Is it better that you have peak physical condition and peace of mind, sleeping well and no emotional problems, and you lunge headlong into the gates of judgment? Or that truly broken, you would turn to the Lord Jesus Christ? In Mark chapter 8, look over there just for a moment. Mark chapter 8, verses 36 and 37. The Lord Jesus Christ, verse 35, For whosoever shall save his life, shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the name 
shall, uh, the same shall save him. For what shall it profit a man? What prosperity, what success does it have for you, sinner, if you shall gain the whole world and lose your soul, lose your own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Prosperity. Prosperity isn't owning all creation. Prosperity isn't health and time and wages. I pray that your soul prosper and that it can only be prospered or successful in the finished work and gospel of Jesus Christ. Those in Revelation 20, small and great, that stand before God and cast alive in the lake of fire, I wouldn't count that as prosperity or success. And you know what? There's a whole lot of religious people that's going to be there. A whole lot of people saying, Lord, Lord, Matthew chapter 7, 21 through 23. A lot of wide gate people standing there. A lot of people that went about to establish their own righteousness rather than submitting the righteousness of God. Even through the word of God, they attempt to establish their own righteousness. That they have no true love of the truth of the word of God. They have no true love to walk in it. They have no true love to to carry a testimony. They want to represent themselves. Look at what I've done. Look at me. Lord, Lord, haven't I done this and haven't I done that? Sinner, I would encourage you to repent. There is only prosperity of soul in the gospel of Jesus Christ. God Almighty said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Matthew chapter 3. Again, John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. And this was the manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Here in His love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation, mercy seat, covering for our sins. Outside of that propitiation or mercy seat or covering, all you got is sin. All you have is failure. In that gospel, in the substitutionary death, burial, and resurrection, there is life, there is love, there is success, and only there. I encourage you to repent, and by the power of God, seek the Lord Jesus Christ while he may be found. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word.